Chapter 3 That evening, everyone came over. We usually hook up at the Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic, also known as My Barn. I guess we all get together once or twice a week, more often when there's a mission of some kind. I was surprised when Jake called to say we should get together, because it had only been a couple of days since the last meeting, and as far as I knew, nothing serious had been planned. I hoped this was only a meeting and nothing else. I had like zero spare time. School. Life. That stuff takes time, you know? I was cleaning the cages when the others started to arrive. There was a raccoon cage, to be specific. This raccoon had been hit a glancing blow by a car on the highway. A lot of the highway patrol guys know to call us if they see an injured animal by the road. The raccoon would be okay, thanks to my dad. But in the meantime, it had to be fed and watered and medicated, and its cage had to be kept clean. And all of that was my job. I was wearing dirty overalls and big, tall rubber boots. My arms were deep inside rubber gloves when Rachel showed up. Hey, Cassie. Hi, Rachel. I was bent over, concentrating on wiping out the raccoon's cage. I could tell the raccoon was seriously considering leaping on my face and chewing my nose. Sup, Cassie. You get that outfit at Banana Republic, or is it the new express line? Rachel and I are best friends, but we are very different people. If you just saw Rachel walking by, you'd probably think typical airhead mall crawler. If you took a closer look, you'd start to think, no, she's actually very beautiful, not typical at all. And if you took a third look, she'd probably come over, get in your face, and say, What are you staring at? Hello? You have some kind of a problem? Rachel is tall and blonde and beautiful and fearless. She is Xena, warrior princess, only without the leather. We must be the most mismatched best friends in history. Rachel could walk through the mosh pit at Lollapalooza on a rainy day and come out the other side looking like one of those models in glamour. I, on the other hand, will show up for my own wedding some day, dressed in jeans and boots and socks that don't match. I stood back from the raccoon cage. I smiled and gave a little twirl so Rachel could admire the outfit. You like it? It's part of the Ralph Lauren animal poop collection. Someday I am going to knock you over the head, stuff you in a big bag, drag you to the mall, and force you to buy a dress. You can keep the big rubber boots if you insist, but we're getting you a dress. You're kidding, right? I asked Rachel. You can never be totally sure with Rachel. She just smiled with her 10,000 bright white teeth. I heard the sound of bikes being leaned up against the outside of the barn. Then I heard male voices. Batman could beat Spider-Man? You expect me to take that seriously? Are you insane? I thought I knew you, Jake, but you're obviously an idiot. No offense. Spider-Man would annihilate Batman. Marco. Marco sounding as serious as Marco is capable of sounding. Two words. Body armor. Spider-Man's webs would not stick to Batman's body armor. Homer, stay out here, boy. You can't go in. That would be Jake. And Homer, his dog. Homer is not allowed in the barn. Being a dog, Homer believes small animals are meant to be chased. Jake and Marco came through the small side door of the barn. Jake was in the lead, as usual. If we Animorphs have a leader, it's Jake. 
He's strong, inside and out. And really good-looking, also inside and out. I mean, he's just an amazingly cool guy. Jake has had to grow up a lot in a very short time. It's weird to be a kid and yet act like some kind of a general or something. We all decide the big stuff together. But when we're in a fight, it's Jake who has to make the little decisions a lot of times. The little decisions that could leave one of his friends dead. It made me smile to realize that Jake could still enjoy absurd arguments with Marco. I sort of worry about the pressure on Jake. Jake and I are kind of, you know, we like each other. As in, like. Marco was just behind Jake. He's smaller than Jake, with longer, darker hair, laughing, dark eyes, and an attitude. Marco thinks the whole world is just a setup for a joke. Marco will tell a joke while he's bleeding and terrified and in pain. But there are times when his eyes lose their skeptical expression and grow glittery and dangerous. Cassie, Marco said, you look beautiful, as always. Your use of manure as a fashion statement is so tasteful. Then he gazed at Rachel and winced. Yikes! Every time I see you, you're taller. Stop it. Stop growing. Rachel patted Marco on his head. Don't worry. I don't look down on you for being short, Marco. I look down on you just for being you. Marco grabbed his chest in pain. Ah! And Zena puts another spear in me. Hi, Jake, I said, ignoring the usual Marco versus Rachel stuff. Hi, Cassie, he said. He gave me one of his rare, slow smiles. Hey, I heard this weird story. These two guys at school claimed they were attacked by a pair of lab rats. Really? I didn't hear about that, I said, trying not to make the fakey, shrill sound I always make when I'm lying. Jake raised one eyebrow, and I quickly went back to cleaning out the cage. What are we here for? Rachel asked bluntly. Jake shrugged. Tobias told me to get everyone together. He and Axe have something. Right on cue, we heard a flutter of wings. A hawk shot through the open hayloft above. It turned sharply, killed its speed, swept its talons forward, and landed neatly on a rafter. It was a red-tailed hawk, mostly brown on its back, a lighter, mottled brown and tan beneath. The bird took its name from its tail feathers, which were the color of rust. The hawk glared down at us with unbelievably intense brown and gold eyes. Hi, the hawk said, a silent voice that we heard only in our heads. Hi, Tobias, I answered. Tobias is the fifth human member of our group, although he's not entirely human anymore. See, if you stay more than two hours in a morph, you stay forever. In his mind and heart, Tobias is still a human being, mostly but he has the body of a hawk. He lives as a hawk. Hi, Tobias, Rachel said. I thought maybe you'd stop by last night. Tobias sometimes hangs out with Rachel. He flies into her upstairs room and watches TV or reads. Things he can't do in the wild. Human things. Um, well, I was going to, he said in thought speak. But there was this thing with Axe. Axe is Aximile Escaruth Isthal. He is the sixth person in our group. He is even less human than Tobias. Axe is an Andalite. Speaking of which, is Axe coming? No, he's still out keeping an eye on things. 
Or four eyes, actually. What things? Marco asked, beginning to sound impatient. Tobias swooped down to be closer. He landed on the top edge of a stall door. He checked out the many cages. At the moment, we had, in addition to the raccoon, a fox, two wolves, a handful of various bats, a really cool porcupine, a pair of jackrabbits, a deer that had been mauled by a bear, several doves, a goose, a swan signet, a whole group of assorted gulls, a beautiful red-winged blackbird, and a barn owl. What happened to the golden eagle? Tobias asked. He is all better, so we released him, I admitted. See, golden eagles occasionally kill and eat hawks. We released him way back in the hills, though, nowhere near your territory, Tobias. Tobias didn't look too happy. But then, Tobias has a hawk's face, so he never looks anything but fierce. Once, he was a very sweet, slightly dopey kid. Jake and he met when Jake stopped some bullies from sticking Tobias's head in the toilet. Anyway, I have something to report. It looks like someone is getting ready to start logging in the forest. No way! I cried. The others were less upset. So what? Marco asked. So habitat will be destroyed. So animals will be made homeless. The old growth trees will be chopped down to make plywood. I cried. That's so what? Marco frowned. And I care about this... why? I started to answer, but Tobias cut me off. You don't care, Marco. But you might care about who is doing the logging. I'm guessing a logging company, Marco suggested. Yeah, you're right, Tobias said. Only this logging company has built a command center deep in the forest. A log building, actually, like you'd expect. Except for one little thing. What one little thing? Jake asked. The building is protected by a force field. A force field that seems to stop anything that gets near. I tried to fly closer, and it was like hitting a wall. Also, there are armed guards walking the perimeter around the building and patrolling up and down the access road. Oh, Jake said. Guards armed with automatic rifles. Yerks? Rachel wondered. But why would the Yerks want to be logging in the forest? I knew the answer to that question. The Yerks' plan was all too obvious. They want to destroy habitat, I said. What? Now the Yerks are out to destroy the deer and the owls? <laughs> Marco said with a dismissive laugh. No, I said. It's not owl habitat they want to destroy. They're after a different species. Yeah, Tobias agreed. They're going to wipe out the habitat of the very, very endangered Animorph.